Hey! <laughs> Hi! Hi! Hey! Hello. Hey, James! Hi, Jake! Hey, sweet, sweet listener! Welcome to Praise Dionysus! Praise him! Praise him! Praise oh. him! Oh my god! Praise him! Yes. Uh, yeah. So this week we are talking about Burning House Theatre Company's production of Caligula at Theatre Works. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then, secondly. Um, we are then talking about Vibe Check, a play by Greta Dowell that was at the Butterfly Club. So excited. So excited. Great. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hey, James. Hi, I wanted to get in there first. Hi. Oh, good. <laughs> I can see you gearing up for an intro and I wanted to say hello. Oh, great. Well, then you take the reins, stupid. Oh, no, I'm done. <laughs> um, hey, how are you going? Me? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's dive in. What What do you... What, let's how dive in. Let's dive in. Dive into what? Dive into this pool of pond water that I have. That's just a pond. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a swimming pool. So I went to a wedding a few, filled a few, with a few... stagnant pond water. So speaking of which... Lily pads. Oh, no, I've got more to frogs. say about this. I've actually got an ongoing theme to do with this. If, how can you have an ongoing... Okay. I'm okay, intrigued. Yeah. Go on. Um, I went to a wedding a few months ago now. Okay. Um, uh, I don't even know what you're springboarding off, but no, please no, no. continue. No, I went to a wedding a few months ago, okay. and it was out in, I can't remember where, somewhere in the country. This was the one with the bagpipes. One with the bagpipes? Yes. Uh, and they had this natural pool that looked exactly like a pond. And it was, it was, it was just like someone had found a random lake and built a resort around it. Okay. And it was this beautiful, my, my, my story is that there are in fact pools out there that are full of pond water. In what way is it not just a pond? Well, that's exactly my point, isn't it, Jake? Isn't In many ways, it was a pond. I don't think this is actually interesting enough for us to use. I think you're red hot, right? But it's staying in there. Fuck. Okay. Jake, <laughs> tell, me about, you. tell me about your wig. To punish you for being dull. That's <laughs> the only way you'll learn. I work in medical administration, Jake. I need to have some excitement. Um, what was your question? How was your week? My week? Oh, fine. Fine. It was pretty okay. Quite jam-packed, honestly. It was nice. Oh, it was nice. Why was it jam-packed? Um, I don't know. I live wrong, plan poorly. I'm not sure, but there was a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. I guess something that leaps out was, um, I taught some drama classes with some primary school students. Oh! That's a strange reaction. No, I, 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 I <laughs> You're I, allowed I, near children. Ah, <laughs> Do the I police that know? expired, did it? Okay. Um, no, I, I just, I remember you vaguely telling me that, but I don't think I got enough facts to have it solidified in my brain That's that was because happening. you're an incredible listener and really good at asking follow-up questions. I don't care questions. about anything you have to say. <laughs> Go on. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, so I was filling in because my pal Elizabeth is about to be in a show, and so she didn't have the time to teach this, uh, like, this after-school drama class thing to a bunch of kids did it affect you did it affect me because every now and again you'll do something like this and it will affect you in a way that changes the course of your life <laughs> um I, I don't think there was anything life-changing about the way that it affected me Great. but i went in quite nervous about it uh um but by the end yeah quite inspired it was really sweet it was nice it what was, sort of year level are we talking um i'm bad at guessing child ages Age. they go from oh, okay. like baby to then being like personality haver to then being terrifying teenager and everything between is just like how tall are you and how tall were they they were kind of like between my mid thigh up to my chest that okay. <laughs> that's a wide okay yeah so my guess would be they were between the ages of like 8 and 13. 
cool. Is okay. my stab in the face. I yeah, that's what I get. Ah, my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I had some favorites. There was some. Yeah, they were sweet. I Great. liked them, and it was just like you know, like playing drama games and asking oh. them questions about things. And did you um, do, did you do did you do time jump? Uh, space jump. You mean space jump? No, uh, it was time warp and space jump, wasn't it? What was time warp? Because what, what, what's Space Jump? That's the one where you like... Space Jump is the one where everyone freezes and someone comes in and makes a new scene out of the positions that they're in. I think Time Warp's the one where it's just two people. I think Time Warp is the dance from Rocky Horror. No, that's that's the... Let's do the... Time Warp again. I'm having a moment here. You might need to cut this because I'm breaking down. Let's <laughs> do the time... Oh my god, it is! It is the Time Warp. I forgot that. Yeah. Oh you, god. No, I don't think you forgot that. I think you just... Thought it was also a drama exercise, which it could be. For some reason, you thought it was between two <clears> people. Are you we thinking of a different? On. We need to move on. I oh, feel God. upset by this. This has upset me. Move on. Why? Because you feel like you've lost your roots. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. I'm having a real breakdown right now in front oh, of you. Oh God! And you just want to keep tractoring through this? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So inspired by some kids, it was fun to sort of talk to them. You know, I don't know. It had been a while since I spent my, like any time around a bunch of like small children, especially like enthusiastic theatre doing ones. Mm. So that was kind of invigorating, and it also just like for the record, should... Jake has spent time around children in theatre before. He's not just saying that because he hangs around kids all the time. That's a confusing thing. To clarify. No, I just wanted to clarify for people listening that you have worked with children in theatre before. Great. Good. Just yeah. in case there were questions. Or any, like, employers out there. Yeah, you never know. Yes, yes. Principals struggling to build up a faculty. I'm available. And also <laughs> didn't finish your teaching career. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm, I'm qualified enough to, you know, entertain some some chest-heighted children. Or thigh height. <laughs> yeah, that's my range. <laughs> Well, that sounds like a fun week. Yeah, that was fine. So that's the thing that stuck out. Yeah, there was other stuff, but that was, you know, <laughs> something goofy at the central point. So, hmm, I suppose... How many stars? I'm thinking... Out of five. I'm going to rate the enthusiasm many... of my favourite student. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to give... I'm going to give Ryan 17 stars. He was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. What? He was great. No, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you and Ryan. That's exciting. Thank you. Uh, um, how was your week? Thank you. My week, um, <laughs> it had its ups, it had its downs. Mm. Um, I, mostly work, as is tradition, which is becoming further and further grating. Um, <laughs> That's uh, surprising, because I remember when you were six, you would always say medical administration is where you wanted to end up. Yeah, it's really look between you and I and all the listeners of this podcast. It's 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 turning out to be a lot more uh, administration than I thought it would be, and less like less being the... a doctor, <laughs> and less being the receptionist from Becca. God, I thought it would just be fun receptionist banter, but no, it's just scanning referrals into machines all day. Mm. I love the job. I love the. Su- su- and security it gives me, but oh boy, I'm having some doubts. Mm. Um, and if you're my employee, like Meryl Streep at the end of doubt. <laughs> oh, I have such doubts. And then she cries. And then she cries. And then the credits because start. of all the horrible things. <laughs> and the doubt. And the doubt. <laughs> because of the doubt, you see. She's such a grumpy man. Oh, she has and such Philip doubts. Hoffman is dead. He's dead now. He's dead. He's dead now. And I often have to like explain that to people. That he's dead. People don't know Philip Seymour Hoffman is dead. I'm gonna tell you one thing. They're not gonna be seeing more of him. Ah! 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 Because he's dead. Rest yeah. in peace. We do uh, miss you. <laughs> yeah, we miss you, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> <Philip Seymour Hoffman. laughs> um, yeah, if you're my employer, 
I enjoy my job and I like working to my uh, fullest quota. Sure. But uh-huh. to everyone that isn't your employer, you're not feeling super... I'm having some real doubts, <laughs> to quote Meryl Streep. From... At the end of doubt. <laughs> Specifically at the end. Yes, because uh, I thought it was so online. She's having the doubts. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like you can't really end a movie until the end. With, like, yeah, right? You yeah. can't have someone be like, oh, like, that movie was with... Toy Story too. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I was about to say, I really was Spider-Man Homecoming, wasn't it? <laughs> Anywho. And then crying. <laughs> and then crying. And, and then, then the Seymour Hoffman died. Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, my week was good. I worked at my monotonous job. Yes. Uh, and then I was sick on the weekend. And yeah. that prevented me from seeing shows. It also prevented me from doing this podcast with you briefly. But sure. we're here. Yeah. Oh, Are just we... in the sense that we had to delay it a couple We of delayed times. it a few days. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Everyone, uh, we, you know, we, we reschedule. We're human beings. <laughs> but um, I think the most exciting part of my week was realizing I hopped on YouTube, and I think we spoke about this maybe literally last episode or probably the episode before. Mm-hmm. Wicked Witch of the West in uh, Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Did you see? See what? They found the episode. Yeah, they found the episode and I released think that's it. What I told you? No. Oh, they either looked... way, it doesn't matter. Tell me more. <laughs> oh, maybe you did. Maybe I just saw an old video, but the video I saw was quite recent. Yeah. So who knows? Recently got filmed or re- they found the lost episode and released yeah. it. Oh, and so you did see that? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But because they said they couldn't air it because it was too scary, oh. but they had the footage. Oh, it, okay. It, then yeah, it was just unaired footage, not lost footage. Oh. Well then, but please continue talking. No, literally, this entire segment is now boring and useless because no, you've what? spoken about it. All no, right. no, no, that I, I'm sure that's all I no, said. And I'm dumb. You've forgotten what I said. No, <laughs> I thought you d- were referencing the fact that they had lost the footage, and I saw a YouTube video like the other day that just came out saying they found it. They, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the end of this bit. No, no, no. Well, it's also interesting though. The whole like lost then found footage thing almost aligns that Sesame Street footage with. The fictional backstory of uh-huh. the Blair Witch Project. Think about it. <laughs> I'm refusing to think it's about like that. You, imagine if you gave you the mean? Cookie Monster and Elmo a camcorder and then pushed them into the haunted woods. <laughs> we found footage. Okay, so not. Okay. So you know the premise of the Blair Witch Project. Yes. Yes. So those teens go into the woods with a video camera. With a video camera. Looking for the Blair Witch. Yes. And then hijinks ensue. And then the whole premise is that someone found the footage. Yes. Yes. That is similar to the Wicked Witch of the West going on Sesame Street, uh-huh. them filming it, the footage then getting lost, and then recently resurfacing. In no way. It's it's similar. very similar. No, it's not because because it's sort of like it. No, <laughs> it's just not the same thing, is it? It's the Sesame Witch Project. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm saying. I had but a yeah. bottle of wine before this. Leave me alone. Oh, um, <laughs> you've come in covertly I've wasted. I've come in slightly drunk. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> my week though, I give it. But what did anything else happen? Uh, no, Jake, I, I, if I had to go into what I did this week, I would start breaking down because I've just worked and been sick. Okay. Uh, so I give my week. <laughs> Five uh, performing inside the boundaries of where I'm supposed to be in my life out of five. So no stars. No stars. Just a foggy concept. Yeah. Times five. Yeah. Is what you've given us. That's what I've given you. Sorry to be so grim. No, no. Stay grim. This episode, stay but grim. Stay true. Stay Happy honest. birthday to me. In what way is it your birthday? It's not. I just... Oh, God. I've had a bottle of wine. Oh. <laughs> okay, everyone, it's going to be a, a dark episode this week. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. Um, is that yeah, all you've got to say before I we dive into... I think that's all I've got to say, because my major bit was... I think I've really been knocked back by the fact that my found foot, the found footage of the witch on Sesame Street was not news to you. I, I didn't want was, to knock you back. I thought that'd be really exciting, but no, now it's just not. It's that's a- where I am now. And now even the one part of my week that I was excited about to share here... 
<laughs> is not exciting. Well, what did you say about me, baby? What were you excited about? <laughs> not even share jokes can really? make me happy now. Surely I can make you feel better, baby. Maybe if she sang. Yeah? What do you want to hear, baby? I want to hear her sing the Sesame Street, Sesame, Sesame Street theme song. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Sesame Street? Oh, no! Is that a witch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that made me happy, actually. Oh, good. Uh, well, let's talk keep about theatre. Let's talk about theatre. Let's keep this upbeat mood going by talking about <laughs> a crazy Roman emperor. Terrific. Yes. Uh... Hey, James. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hey. Hey, Jake. Yeah. I heard a little birdie that you went to... You were talking sh- to birds so often. So often. They're the, the only Snow ones White that listen to me here. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't listen. They just fly away, but I still talk. Oh, my God. Um, you I talk to the you absence of, of birds? I do. I, that's the name of my other podcast. The absence an of absence birds. An absence of birds. Oh, Christ. Except <laughs> it's actually the, an absence of birds. An absence of birds. It's just me drinking without birds. That's like a wordplay that's like three steps removed from making any sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's it. I hear you went to see a show. That's all I was going to say. Oh, yeah. That bird that you were talking to was correct. Well, no, I made that bit up. The bird left. There was, oh, yeah. that absent bird informed you well. Yes, I went to the theatre. Terrific. Yeah. I went to Theatre Works. Um, got there. I, I met my pal Connor. Connor came with me. Lovely. Which was nice. Do I know Connor? Yeah. Uh, Connor. Connor Dariol. No. Okay. I haven't <laughs> met him. But yeah, he's wonderful. He's talented. He's sure great. He he's smart. He's... Yeah. I think Connor has lots of great qualities. Let's not dwell on it. Listen uh, more. <laughs> um, yeah. He turned up. We spoke in the foyer. And then eventually we went inside. Um, did you plan to go together or did you just meet... No, we planned it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a full-blown thing. Oh my God. Yeah, we went to the theatre. We went inside. We sat in, I believe, the second row. Anyway, we went... And it was like, huh, um, how far in were you? <laughs> Could you um, tell me? Um, Did you speak to the ushers on the way through? So it was Burning House Theatre Company's production of Caligula. Caligula? Caligula. Jake, I hardly know it. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh. Um, do you know much about who Caligula is? I actually know a fair bit about who Caligula is. Right. I did Latin in high school, and most of Latin was studying Roman classical history and culture. <laughs> so I know that sounded like bad improv. Is that all facts? That's all facts. Said? Those are all facts. I studied Latin in up until year eleven, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was looking at uh, Roman emperors and their histories. Cool. And I love Caligula. I think he's fascinating. Mm. I love all the crazy batshit things he did. I think he would have been a good chum of mine. <laughs> Caligula and I would have gotten along fine. <laughs> okay, that's great to know. Even when he was in like full swing Caligula. Especially when he was full swing Caligula. <laughs> yeah. Exclusively. I wanted to be there when he was waging war in the ocean. <laughs> I wanted to be there when he was tying his sister up and ripping her open. Oh my god. That's the real thing he did. <laughs> oh, okay. Tied his pregnant sister up and ripped her open and pulled out the unborn fetus. God. Trigger warning baby death. Trigger warning baby death. Did the baby and not survive? It was an unborn fetus that he ripped out of a sister's stomach. I don't know how cesarean sections work. Pretty, pretty dead baby. Okay. okay. So, went inside. Liliana Dalton plays Caligula. So let's just dive in with the casting choice. Oh my god, so okay, Caligula... we're going straight in. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm just letting you know. So yeah, she's... I have no idea who this woman is, but she's very, very talented. Great. Playing the, the titular Caligula. Titula Caligula! Titula Caligula! Yeah, very good. So, something in my mind when I was on the tram today, I was like, what? If I had to describe her performance to somebody... And my, my lazy mind was like, I guess if you mixed together, like, <laughs> okay. my, and my brain was like, 
Rachel Dratch and Helen Mirren is what. <laughs> I don't know who Rachel Dratch is. Sure, she was like a Saturday Night Live cast member at like the same time as Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Okay, give me a skit she was in. A skit. She was Debbie Downer. Oh, that's Rachel Dratch. I love, okay, I do know Rachel Dratch. I love yeah. Rachel Dratch. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. And I don't know the uh, accuracy. Helen Mirren. Yes, I don't know the accuracy. Helen Mirren specifically in Phaedra. The National Theatre did a production of Phaedra. Uh-huh. And it was life-changing. Dominic uh-huh. Cooper was in it. I know that one. Um, but yeah, so that's just the thing that my tram brain decided upon. Wow. Yeah. It's a very unlikely combination of people. <laughs> well, deal with that, everybody. Debbie Downer and Phaedra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Debbie Phaedra. Debbie Phaedra. It was directed by Robert Johnson, mm. um, and it was a preview. It seems necessary to tell you that it was a preview oh, performance. Sure, yeah. um, it was in two halves. There was an interval in the middle. Um, and essentially, so I guess I'll like run through the vague sense of what is left imprinted on my mind uh-huh. in terms of the story that then took place. Um, so it was like, Caligula is a Roman emperor mm-hmm. of Rome. Is that... That's how the Roman emperors work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the play... So we come in and there's a preset. As we've established, oh, how does Jake feel about a preset? preset. Jake Loves has pre- recently come around to loving a preset. Loving them. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, but we were sitting there and we were sitting there... Again, it was a preview, so maybe that's the reason that it took a, a while. A preview for, preset. Uh, oh. I imagine the preset happened throughout the season, but there was definitely a preset for the preview. Um, and uh, yeah, so me and Connor were sitting there and watching this preview take place. And it was like... Again, I'm all for a preview. I'm so sorry, but Jake, what are you doing to your eye? Oh, I'm sorry. No, my eyelash was being weird. Okay. <laughs> imagine it, but imagine it's sexy, everyone at home. It's not. Just, it's too erotic. Yeah. It's, thank God this is a podcast, so this would be porn. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were sitting there, and there's... It, I love a preset, but when it gets to a particular breed of preset... I get anxious as, like, the empathic actor inside of me. Sure. In the way okay. of, like, yep. there's the sort of preset... Where it's like, oh, great, they're just going to sit on that chair for a bit, you know? Yeah. Or they're just going to, like, hang out with their pals. But then there's the presets where they're sort of like, then ah, laughing and having fun with the audience. Well, even that's, oh, God, yeah, there's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that preset. There's, oh, no. Yeah, there's, 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 yeah, there's the PTV style of preset. Yes. Then there's, the, I'm just trying to think of shows that we've actually talked about. Then there's music that Jane Bodie played, yep. where it was just... Oh, I forget what his name was. Handsome but he was Stranger. Handsome Stranger sitting on that couch just yeah. being transfixing. There's that style of preset. And then there's this style of preset, which is the one that I'm least envious of oh. as an actor, oh, no. which is this one of those very demanding presets where it's like on stage is this dining room table that looks like it's made of concrete that Connor and I both decided we wouldn't like want in our house. <laughs> and <laughs> on it is lying a dead lady mm-hmm. and there's a candle at mm-hmm. her head. And then Caligula is standing beside the dead lady, sort of grieving her death. Oh. And it's like, I, and again, this wonderful actor was really good at it, but I imagining having to do that as a performer Made me want How to die. How long were they there pretending to because grieve? Because it was the... Uh, and again, I assume it took longer for the show to start because it was a preview. Yeah. So I've got no resentment about that. It was just me me and Connor sitting there watching this happen for what felt like... It was about 10 minutes of watching Caligula grieve the death of his sister. Oh my God. And it was like, that seems exhausting to me. Especially sure. while you're sort sure. of half... Also because the house lights are still up, you're still sort of half watching the audience come in while you're dealing with your it's dead sister. It's an interesting choice for a preset. Sure. Oh, sure, yeah. And it's obviously a super valid one. It is. How do you feel about it? No, I just feel like every time I've seen a preset, yeah, it's been that sort of style of just, like, handsome person sitting there. Or, like, 
Yeah, the, the sort of like, I don't know, goofy, fun people walking around going, Hello, audience member, are you excited to see this show? Are you... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But yeah, that seems like a very serious acting moment to do as a preset. Yes. To me. Like, Ben I'm, Smalley was the name of the handsome person in music, I just remembered. Continue talking. <laughs> no, I'm now distracted. You've, you've ruined my flow. <laughs> no, no! No, what that was saying? literally all I had to say. Oh, I was sure. like, I think that's a very... I, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen a preset that was that serious. Sure. Sure. Yeah, was, no. it, was it affecting? Did it make you go ooh ah? Um, because it was so long. Um, sure. It meant that it was like, oh, interesting. This is sad, and it makes you like think of the, the questions and work things out. And then it got to the point where it was like, we didn't like at least I didn't have enough information to delve much deeper into what I was seeing. It was kind of like, okay, dead lady, grieving guy, and now I'll watch this actor be interesting in the way that they grieve for a while. Yep. But then, yeah, as I said, it then got to the point where Connor and I were contemplating whether or not we wanted that table in our house. You know? Ha. <laughs> huh. so I don't really want that to go. Uh, why didn't you want the table in the house? Just concrete Because reasons? it looked... D- no, no, I'm all for a concrete table. Oh, yeah. It was because it had kind of like on... <laughs> it was the legs. The legs of the table <laughs> joined... It was like very, very thick legs, which I liked. They were kind of zigzaggy. But the mm. legs of the tables joined at the base, at the heads of the table, under, like at the bottom, instead of just being like trunks that went down. They were diagonal. No, they sort of went down. Yeah. So imagine like a normal table and the legs are straight lines that uh-huh. hit the floor. Yep. Imagine that at the ends of the table, yep. so the two ends of the long table, uh-huh. the legs hit the floor, yep. but then turn at right angles towards each other and join at the base. Oh, that sounds great to me. Sure, but it just limits the amount of space. And they're also very thick legs, you oh, know? Okay, okay, so okay. it limits the amount of people that you can put around the table. Oh, so it's okay, like it's one of the sure, tables where it's sure. just glance. From a logistical oh. point of view, that sounds like a distressing table. Distressing table, at least in my mind. It's and at this table, Caligula was mourning his <laughs> Yes, but to yeah. dwell on it a second oh, he couldn't fit more people around the table. It's one of those tables where it's like, you look at it and you think, oh, I could fit eight people around that for a dinner party, but really... Probably six is more likely. Yeah, because the other people would have to be standing at the end of the table. Yes, yep. all okay. very, very okay. snug. Okay. You know? Okay. All right. And that is my hot take on the preset table. <laughs> and that's the carpentry corner done. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, no. Play begins. Then, unless I'm remembering wrong, I'm quite sure that this was the first scene. And it was, and this is about me a little bit. <laughs> Good. The show starts, and what we're faced with is one of those scenes that is very theatrical, which of course is always a positive thing, of a bunch of people shouting stuff at each other in like a boardroom setting. Oh, sure. So it's a bunch of flustered people in like business attire being like, oh, what are we going to do? This has just happened. Furthermore, this. Oh, they're all overlapping? A little. And it's like, oh God, I'm being buffeted by so much information. And it's just me and the way that my brain works, I can't digest information like that. (laughs) Maybe you weren't meant to digest the information. Maybe it was meant to be overwhelming. Maybe. 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 Perhaps, but I was just like, I, because I went into this knowing so little about Caligula, I was like, oh God, I need to make sure this all gets into my head. But that's oh, all I could hear okay, was me okay. being like, Jake, listen, Jake, <laughs> listen to this. Jake, this is really crucial information that you'll need. Yeah, and that's all yeah. I could, yeah. That's, yeah. Beyond that, it was people I can with, see how that would be a Jakey problem. Right. Yes. <laughs> so it was just these people with good diction shouting important facts about Caligula, giving real good context for what was about Caligula's 48. <laughs> Yes, his sister just passed away. He's pretty weird now, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, right, right, right. So, so I went in knowing like nothing about Caligula. I went in having watched the first ten minutes of the film version, 
Um, oh. And I forget why I stopped watching it. It wasn't from boredom. I think I just wasn't in the mood because it's quite an intense movie, stylistically. Yeah. yeah and okay. I just wasn't in the place where I wanted to see what it okay. was offering. Can we get the play? Who wrote that? Albert Camus wrote the play. Tell me about Albert Camus. I... That is a name I've never heard before <laughs> I wish I knew more about Albert Camus. He... Um, yeah, there was a phase where I knew a lot, and now, like, most of it's out of my head. He was French. I know that he was oh, French. French. Um, and so for that reason... In what it, sort of years was he French? Oh my god, that's also out of my head. Um, he was French his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy for him. And he's deceased. They are the facts that I have for you. Much like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Much like... He's as dead. As dead as Philip Seymour yep. Hoffman. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, yep. uh, yeah, French. So it means that anything that you see in English is an adaptation of sorts. Right, okay, yep. You know? So, yeah. So, Albert Camus, yeah, this is what that was based on. I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the film was not written by Albert Camus. But, yeah, his was play... Was the film based on his play? Um, it engaged with it somewhat. Oh, God, again, I don't know a lot about the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. So that's what I'm saying. I went into this knowing very, Fairly very blind. vaguely what Caligula was. That's I went exciting. in kind of being like, oh, okay, it's kind of like if you gave the Marquis de Sade a country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but in a way, that's a very, very incorrect way to think about it. But yeah, so Caligula, it's, yeah, begins, sister's dead. Then everyone's flummoxed in this boardroom shouting stuff that I ingested none of. And then eventually Caligula turns up and it becomes obvious that he's the emperor of Rome. Uh-huh. That is kind of young. Uh-huh. Um, um, that his sister is dead. Very. And that he is different now. Yeah. And very quickly begins sort of like, like philosophizing and declaring things and expressing new opinions that he has. And among them, and these sort of like linger throughout much of the show, is like he wants the moon mm-hmm. because he can't really get the moon, but he yep. wants it. He wants to be remembered in history. Mm-hmm. And he wants to make... The impossible likely are sort of like the three things that are like his little mission statement that he's sort of entered into this play with. All of which are achievable and healthy things to want. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Um, and so then what sort of proceeds to happen is he begins ruling Rome in this way that it's sort of a thing that keeps... There's a lot of philosophical gobbledygook that... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sorry if I sound too it's intellectual. A term. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of talking about ideas and concepts, um, almost Those exhaustively. Words, you know, know. Yep. there's a bunch of yeah ideas and whatnot get washing machined around in terms of the way this script functions. Um, and one thing that I guess leapt out to me was when he was talking about the fact that if everything matters, then nothing matters. Um, oh, you know, yeah, um, that thought. you know, and in the way that, so he then sort of like goes about kind of like at random being very cruel and yeah. wanting to, with that kind of like random cruelty, snuff out the sense of meaning. That's interesting. You know, okay, like yeah. it was, it's, it's engaging with those sorts of philosophies and the way that it functions as a play. Yeah. And so you kind of see him just doing kind of like maniacal, devastating things to the people around him. Mm. Um, Sometimes at random, sometimes as punishments for things that even just he considers to be like tremendously like hurtful acts against thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Because he was insane. Yeah, the sort of thing where he'll just like decide to burn someone's house down, or just decide to kill someone's husband and make him eat it. You know, it's interesting hearing like theatrical context put onto it because in in Latin when we learnt about Caligula, it was literally just. Here's Caligula. Here are some of the awful things he did with no reason behind it. So it's interesting to hear, like, 
I wish I'd like to see this show because to, to hear some sort of like theatrical philosophical context as to reasoning behind why he did the things that he did well sure but I don't know how much of that is just Camus projecting philosophy well no exactly the I don't think there was any reason behind what he did I think that's the whole point of who he was as a <laughs> as a crazy person oh sure yeah yeah but so it's interesting to hear someone try and project that sort of reasoning onto it yeah that is interesting <laughs> yeah very interesting no, yeah, no, I super agree with that. If it's a person, again, this is me talking with so little historical insight. But yeah, to take anybody and try to grant their actions meaning is interesting if they if there's no Especially proper... if the actions are done and dusted and so far in the past. Mm. And then, it's a, yeah. Because it's almost, depending on when Camus was born, mm. it would have been that time's context of what those actions would mean to them then. For sure. As opposed and to, to ours now, given that it's theatre. Yeah. Well, you know. That's theatre, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's a small baby that's involved in the theatre. Theatre, baby. Theatre, baby. Wow. Gaga. I love the theatre. <laughs> that was not very dramaturgically sound. Gaga goo Yeah. Um, a line that I thought was nice uh-huh. was someone saying to Caligula. Was it to Caligula? I forget. But it was someone saying <laughs> that. No, I believe it was. It was someone saying to another person that I think was Caligula saying that like, I can't. Ha- like they'd done something terrible and they turned to them and they said, I can't hate you because I know you aren't happy. Oh. You know? They said that to Caligula. I believe it was to Caligula, but it, it, it was nice in the way that it was like a simple way of like, in a way that I'd never thought about it before. It's like to, to only be able to resent someone for their actions if that action was done in the pursuit or of or as a result of their happiness or the belief that they would achieve happiness by doing it. Oh my God. To not, to not be able to hold people responsible if their action wasn't in pursuit of joy because they're clearly a damaged, miserable person. But whoever said that is more evolved than I. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I could live by that. But no. it was an interesting way to think about about blame and responsibility. Yes, yeah, definitely a more mature way of thinking about it. Because mm. I would just hate people point blank. Sure. For so little. <laughs> For so little reason, Jake. Um, and it, also, um, Caligula, we're talking about contradictions. Because obviously a lot of it's about the justification of actions and whatnot. Yeah. And Caligula says that... Uh, contradicting yourself is a nice chance for your brain to rest. What 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 do you, what do you think that means? I thought it was nice in the way that it kind of suggests that to contradict yourself is a, is a nice way to give your brain a rest. Yeah, because it suggests that you're a person like if that is to be, be you describing yourself and the way your brain functions, it's to almost suggest that the logic by which you live and the integrity that you operate within is at odds with the general consensus. And so to then go back on that is a chance for your brain to just go, oh, forget all that. Well, it means that your brain in acting in accordance with the way that you choose to live mm-hmm. is forces you to behave in a way that runs counter to the culture that you exist within. <laughs> you can't <laughs> see this. My no. eyes are closed. I'm trying <laughs> so hard. So this is why I thought the thought was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, because presuming that... <laughs> If to, if to contradict yourself is to give your brain a chance to rest, it's to mean that in the way that you typically behave, in accordance with your own moral code, is to operate in a way that goes against the way that everyone else would have you behave, in the sense of if you operate in a peculiar fashion, it requires you to defend yourself every step of the way. I suppose it's like, let's just be lazy and go with homosexuality. Oh, please, okay? please. So, you as a gay person, yep. to live in a gay way... 
delivered in an openly gay way. Hang on, I've got to close my eyes and pretend that I'm there. Like imagine, so imagine if you are a gay person trying to live. I'm imagining. In, yep, in a, in a, like an especially homophobic society. Uh-huh. You know, and imagine that you're the only gay person there. Oh God, to you know, dream. The easy thing to do would be to just try to ingratiate yourself into the heterosexuality of the time and to not stick out and to just pretend to be a straight person. Sure. You know? Yes. But you could do the thing, which I suppose Caligula is kind of an example of, of be like, no, I know I'm a gay person and so I'm going to live gaily and I know that every step of the way people will be, like, will be telling me that it's wrong, that they don't understand, that will want me to explain it to them. Like even the most well-meaning person mm. will kind of want some justification. Yeah. You know? but to go against your natural inclinations would give your brain a rest. So what you're saying is gay men are just as bad as psychopaths that want to murder their sisters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a thing happened. Oh. Um, so after Interval, um, so we spent uh, the, the, the Act 1 in this very cohesive existing world, and then we came back after Act 1, and then we were sort of like about to head back in, and then there was this strange announcement that came over the loudspeaker that was like, Go back inside. But, like, the tone of the the speaker that was, like, go back inside felt at odds with the rest of the tone of the show in the way that it was kind of, like, playful and odd. And the show <laughs> up until that point had been quite, like, dark and severe. Quack, quack. Oh, God. And so it was like, wait, why does it suddenly feel like we're getting onto a theme park ride or something? And we were like, okay, maybe it was just a weird choice they made about the, the about the go back to your seats announcement. But, yeah, we trundled back in. And then we, we come in and we're, we're met with, like... Suddenly there's like these like shiny like streamer curtains suspended. Oh. There's like goofy fun music on. There's like more glitter on stage than there was before. And it's like, huh? Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, I'm sure you do. What the fuck do you mean by that? Uh, no, no, no. In the, in the way that, yeah. No, if any play veers in a direction like that, you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> sparkles. Oh, so exactly what you <laughs> What I thought yeah, you meant. I, okay. I think I had planned sure. to sheath it in more. And yet here we are. You literally said sparkles. Carry on. I'm interested in the sparkles. I like your sparkles. Um, but yeah, so there was like, oh God, what's going to happen now? Like it almost had the energy of like, are they all going to come out on roller skates and just like Xanadu the rest of the show? Which I would love. Again. Uh, yes, you would. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, then the show began. It was kind of like broken down a bit and now was kind of like a like a much gayer seeming camper seeming almost like vaudevillian thing that they got up to for about 15 minutes oh sure um and then it kind of sort of started veering back into the world that we were in before um and yeah it was just like an interesting artistic flourish yeah that's fun that makes a lot of sense for me in terms of Caligula's story why? Just because Caligula was all about that camp lavish party living life even though he was also murdering people Oh, sure, so in that way it connects to the theme in your mind. Like, it makes a lot more sense to me. I would imagine in my head, if I hear a story about Caligula, because I've never seen any sort of play or movie about Caligula, but I just know the historical context. Mm. If I were to stage a play about Caligula, it would almost have to be, like, a a campy, silly, glitzy, titsy sort of show. Like and would you would... stage the whole thing in that world? Or would you just almost. do it? I think I would do it almost all in that world and have it sort of collapse in on itself into something more dramatic and serious towards the end. Okay. In comparison, because that's what I imagine when I think of Caligula. Because mm. I, I can't remember much about how his life ended, but I know that it didn't end well. Sure. Mm. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I imagine yeah. when I think of a show about okay. Caligula. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah, no, I just mentioned it because it was like a noteworthy, surprising turn. That, that sounds this... like a fun way to kick off the second act. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and that's the thing. If it was, It was just intended to... 
reinvigorate everyone and be like, remember what fun is? <laughs> but yeah, just just because the, you know the first half of it had been again quite dark and dreary and intense, and it's like, oh, okay. quack quack, yes, um, yeah, it was interesting. But I think it also like, and maybe this is just a me experience because people were enjoying the glitz and the glam. I think I found myself um, missing the world we'd been in. Which is a credit to the world that they created in the first place, you know? Sure. I think they, because, yeah, throughout the first half of the show, I'd become accustomed to the rhythm and accustomed to the colour scheme and accustomed to all those things. And I was feeling quite comfortable in that world, especially because there were a lot of words to cope with. Yeah. Um, but isn't that sort of like, almost like a, a, an example of your brain going back on itself and just sort of... Wanting the familiar. Earlier? Well, no, what did you say earlier about your brain going back on itself? I have not been listening My to you. My brain going back... <laughs> <laughs> My brain going back on itself. No, um, you said rewind the tapes. Rewind the tapes. I don't understand what you're. Um, your brain, uh, contradicting. 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 What did you say earlier? The line from the show was, um, contradicting yourself gives your brain a chance to rest. There you go. That that's what it sounds to me like they were trying to do with the second act, starting off so differently, is contradicting what it was before to give your brain a rest. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No. Nailed that's... it. <laughs> Sure, that's even duper possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to know about? Hit me with any question. <laughs> um, how big was the cast? Like, the cast? Oh, substantial. It was like, oh, like 10-ish people? Who's 12. in this I think play? it was 12 like, people. Is, is it all like the leading senators of Rome? Like, what um, was the situation? Oh, God, again, I felt pretty out of my depth. Like, I'm into... <laughs> uh, it was like... Caligula. Caligula. Caligula was there. And then there was also like the woman that was kind of like his advisor that then kind of became like his like sexy wife lady. Uh-huh. And then he had like a like an assistant who was kind of very loyal to him throughout the whole thing. Then there was like a, just a bunch of people that were kind of part of his principal group of advisors and whatnot. They were just kind of around. Like, <laughs> like I did have to describing quest- people. <laughs> And then there was like um, our friend Jake Metricardi, who we oh, know. Yeah. He was playing kind of like a peripheral young guy that kind of developed in one of the more intriguing relationships in the show, kind of accidentally developed this romantic fondness for Caligula. Oh my boy. Yeah, no, so that was that. What was, was your, I, I'm just listing vague things that happened. I guess I did have the question, and this was probably because my brain was reluctant to participate in much of the boardroom banter. Yes. I was like, I wonder what's happening in the rest of Rome. And I guess part of me wanted to like cut to different scenes in Rome. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I, I, I just, I, I love Rome. You love Rome. I love Rome, bitch. I love ancient Rome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm halfway through rewatching The Immortals. Oh! Not the fucking Marvel thing. No, I know. Yeah, no, I'm just I making sure that assume you're watching yes. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is the that one... the, the Immortal, like the soldiers in Rome? No. I don't know where the fuck they are. I'm very. I'm super into anything set in that vague togary. Ancient Roman like, time. <laughs> and uh-huh. and all, all those toga time periods. I'm super into them. Like, I love 300 so much. Yeah, you um, do. I do. But I, th- that time period, I'm, I love. Like, yep. Troy, fantastic. Terrific movie. I thought that movie's good. Yeah, I could not outline for you when any of these things occurred, how they connect to each other, if they do, if they were purely fictional, or if they did occur. Well, no clue. Troy happened before Rome. But didn't, th- didn't the Trojan horse not really happen? 
Uh, oh, I don't think they know for sure, but they know that the War of Troy did happen. Sure. But I don't know if they... I don't know about the Trojan horse. Right. What about, like, the plot of Alexander with Colin Farrell in it? Did that happen? Uh, as in Alexander the Great. Was that the Alexander he was playing? I don't know. I don't know the movie you're talking about. Wasn't he a different Alex... Oh. If it's Alexander the Great, he existed. He existed, and now I'm wrongly trying to conflate Alexander the Great with Catherine the Great. They never met. No, <laughs> very different times. They're not siblings. No, <laughs> they're just both great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they have a good friend, Ivan, who's terrible. Uh, I understand history. Yeah, it's yeah. mostly uh, names. Um, but I was, I'm currently in the midst of rewatching The Immortals, and okay. I had to keep stopping it because it's like it really rapidly vacillates between being like terrifying and upsetting and then the most boring movie I've ever watched in my life. Okay, refresh my memory then. The Immortals. Go on. The Immortals. So it's Henry Cavill at what I believe oh. to be his most handsome. There's... I, I had to pause it just to be like, that can't be a human man. While Jake's talking, I'm going to Google Henry Cavill in The Immortals just so I can see Oh my is. god. And it's like... So I'm like three quarters of the way through and someone that I think is Mickey Rourke plays the villain. <laughs> Okay. And I can't be sure, but it's like, I think it's Mickey Rourke playing the villain and he's terrifying. He just keeps doing these like things where he turns up to places where he doesn't like the people that are there, whispers a bunch of threats to them and then like throws a hammer at their penis. <laughs> uh, it's horrifying. <laughs> Why are you laughing? No, it's just, it's just a funny thing. <laughs> Also, I've just seen Henry Cavill in The Immortals. It's amazing. And he spends the whole thing, like, glistening and dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't really have much more to say. Mm. Um, yeah, and he's, like, I don't know, largely propelled by, the like, wanting to avenge the death of his mother. Which, of course, is another instance of a man being driven by the slaughter of a lady. Like, it's a shame when all these women have to fall victim to no, men needing motivations. No, it's good. I think we should continue to kill off women to drive men to do things. <laughs> I sure, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, but the whole thing is rooted in this confusing. Oh my god! And there's this whole <laughs> element that I totally forgot happened in the Immortals. Of, in the Immortals, okay. where it's like sort of be totally bad, like <laughs> sidetracked by this. Um, I forgot that the gods are like involved in the plot. Oh my god, get out! Right, and so like this old man that was training Henry Cavill at the start about like how to hit a branch like, correctly, Zeus. It was Zeus. It was Zeus! So this old man like puts a magic cloak on and then turns into the guy whose name I always forget. He's the guy that plays... Is it Luke Evans that played Gaston in the live action Beauty and the Beast? Oh, yeah, I think it was. So he turns into Luke Evans because, of course, the gods have to be sexy people. Of course, sexy young people. That's (laughs) what the gods are. Yeah, the sky is no place for the elderly. No, no, no. (laughs) Hot Luke Evans is Zeus. And then, yeah, it's like up there. And it's like, so it's like Zeus. And then like Poseidon is played by Kellen Lutz. Who's Kellen Lutz? <laughs> Kellen Lutz is the guy from Twilight who Which did that one? like really, really like confusingly erotic Kelvin Klein commercial. I've never seen Twilight. I'm going to put that out there. Oh my God. And then like the girl from Home and Away plays Athena. Okay, you've lost me. I, oh my God. Hey, I forgot to tell you. I watched Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. And in that, this is, it's on theme. In that movie, mm. there is a scene where they go to the Hall of the Gods or yeah. whatever, and there's like a bunch of gods there, and Zeus is the one leading them all, and it's Russell Crowe, and he's like, Hello, I'm Zeus! And he, he talks, and and, he, and every now and again it cuts to a bunch of different gods, and there is a very notable scene mm. where we see Dionysus yeah. as a god in oh the hall. Oh, my. So Dionysus is uh, confirmed canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So well, dare I say, <laughs> hmm? praise him. 
can I get a praise him for the Marvel canon version of Dionysus? Uh, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Oh, God, he was fat and drinking wine. Uh, of course. <laughs> that's, that's our guy. That's what we like. Um, any, anything else about Caligula? No, I'm so far removed from Caligula right now. I'm really sorry. Um, it sounds like a fun show. I, I, how long is it on for? Um, no idea. You always ask me that question, and I, I never have, and you the, never answer. have the answer. That's yeah. fine. No. Um, um, but yeah, impressive. The, the, the set was super impressive. The, like the, 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 the lurky darkness is really great. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Ba-ba-doo-ba-doo! Hi! Hello! <laughs> um, I went to the Butterfly Club. Tweet, tweet. Oh, what? What's that, Jake? It's another little bird. Oh, God, what's this one going to say? That you saw a show. Oh, that's old news, bird. <laughs> Get better news, bird. I feel like this bit's done. Um, good, so you went to the Butterfly Club. I sure did. That's great. Yep. Flutter, uh, flutter. Flutter, flutter. I tried to get there on time so there wouldn't be a lot of like waiting around because I went by myself and I tried to get there like just as the doors were going to open so I could just like saunter on in and not have to spend a bunch of time in the foyer. I'm going to guess you turned up super early. Super early. Yeah. <laughs> I, was so, I was so early. I was so early where the person in the box office was like, are you here for the 8.30 show? <laughs> Yes. How do you always do this? I swear every time we go and see a show, we end up at least a half hour early. My brain doesn't oh, work. Oh my god. So I got there, I sat in a chair, because luckily the Butterfly Club foyer is so Has lovely. Has chairs. Has chairs. Great foyer. Uh, sat there, read my book. Oh, and, fucking nerd. Um, read my book, eventually the doors opened, then I went inside. And then, you know how the best seat in the house at the Butterfly Club, and this is my stance. I'm gonna guess it's the fifth row back against the wall. I don't know if it's the fifth row. You might be right. It's mm. the one where it's like it'll, all the seats start flat and then there's like the first section yep. of chairs that are suddenly risen. That's the seat you yep. want to get in. Yep. You know, right against the wall yep. on the first risen section. That's exactly where we like it. Yes. So that's, yes. So I wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you've all vividly pictured it. <laughs> Terrific. And now, now scrap that. pulled out for under us. God. All right. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was sitting like awkwardly in this part where like the wall... Stinks like stinks. <laughs> so I was trying to come up with a word stinks. that means <laughs> this stinky patch Fooey of wall, wall. <laughs> where it's sort of like divots away from you, so they're kind of like this awkward little inlet. Oh, it's important that you like imagine this. So it's like I'm against not the wall. Described it well at all. Five rows back, right yep. hand side, against the wall. Yep. The yep. wall does yep. this thing where it like flumps away from you a little bit just in the way like you know how sometimes walls have like bear in mind the people who can't see your hands <laughs> it doesn't matter all that is to say I could lean on the wall but <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah, okay so I'm just gonna move on um, so yeah. Jake found a seat <laughs> and proceeded to sit down is what this is have I got that right Stephanie Lee directed this play good on you Stephanie um, Lee <laughs> It's called Vibe Check. Great. Um, Love it's it. written by Greta DeWell. Um, yeah, and it stars Freya Patience and Oscar Morphew. Oh my god, some incredible names. Really wonderful names. Yeah. Um, two-hander, which Great. which again, my recent stance is obsessed. If a two-hander has a preset, you're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So essentially, it's like the play itself functions almost... Like the way the narrative goes about being itself almost felt cinematic in the way that it was just kind of like a series of scenes that happened in a row and in a way almost felt like independent cinema in the way not to be very simplistic with film genres in the way that like and this isn't a negative thing it's just the the style that the play was um they're like 
a lot of the scenes weren't really pointing at anything. Mm. Like there wasn't a clear climax coming. There wasn't some big thing we were getting prepared for. There wasn't really a conspicuous um, like trajectory outside of. So it's essentially it starts with two people having just had sex with each other after what seems to be like a Tinder match. Mm-hmm. Or and, a hinge match. Probably. You know, yeah. an app has brought them together. Yep. Um, sex has happened, and then we kind of witness, through a series of scenes, them just kind of navigating the vagaries of being two people that are kind of dating, but... Oh, sure. Okay, okay. You know? And yep, it's like, yep. the whole thing's unofficial, and the, like, the, 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 the vibe check of the title is, you know, those conversations that you have to keep having, or ideally will keep having, when you're in one of those, like, vague romantic sexual entanglements. Testing where the new boundaries are. And always, like, bearing in mind where the boundaries are, and just making sure that everyone's feelings are okay. Yep. Like, that very, it feels like a very contemporary thing of, in this world where everyone's, like, afraid of monogamy, and, and really keen for freedom, and... And not wanting to be tied down, you know, like all of those, those, and it's, yeah, having to have these, what feel like relatively like new conversations about expectation and boundaries and that sort of thing. So it's very much a play about that. Oh, great. You know? And so we kind of see, it kind of begins with their post-coital conversation and them establishing the rules of how their relationship's going to function. And then we witness a series of scenes that happen surrounding, not even things of great significance, just kind of like random snatches of time that happen between these two people and then towards the end we get a second vibe check <laughs> where where time has moved on and they have another check-in with each other and oh. things eventuate you know i'm glad you assume it's tragic <laughs> no, no no that wasn't meant to be a tragic oh that was a cute oh, oh nice yeah. oh. you know like it's that it's that kind of thing yeah um yeah so that is kind of how yeah how the story moves and the tone of the thing Nice. You know, just kind of like naturalistic slabs of... Okay, okay. Things happening I, between I can get on board with that. You can? Yep, I like those sorts of shows. Um, yeah, what do you like about them? I think I just like... I like the slice of life vibe of them. I like... And I think especially with... I don't know. I think like modern dating... Every time a new show is done about modern dating, it's different from the last one a little bit because modern dating itself changes. And I think it's interesting to sort of see these shows evolve slowly over time. Mm. Even just the show being called Vibe Check. Like that's that's... That's a new term. Right. You know, like that's only in the past few years vibe checking has been a thing. Mm-hmm. So to sort of, I don't know, sort of, I'm excited. Was it a younger cast? Like younger younger two people? Or yeah. Like, yeah, if I had to take a stab, I'd say like very early 20s. Were I'd they say. up the height of your forehead? What what height were they? I don't know how tall they were. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar was taller than Freya. They were both very talented. I want to point out, especially Freya Patience mm. is delightful. She's <laughs> so talented oh my god again they both are oscar as well but like it was just something about freya particularly was like i haven't felt this way watching an actress for these reasons since like she's the type of charming that nikki shields has i don't know how familiar you are with nikki shields i know the name yeah i feel like i talk about too often but yeah she's like a like a like a melbourne actor she does a lot of mtc things oh um but yeah, this type of delightful that Freya is. Yep. She's just very. I I like the way she says words. I like the way that she. Throws oh, you a, like the way she talks. <laughs> I like the way that she throws sentences out. What do you like about the way she talks? I like Jake? the way she tells jokes. Okay, I just enjoyed sure. her company, and because partly because I was there by myself, it was nice. I don't know. It was nice to see her have conversations. But again, the two of them were really great. Yeah. Um, nice. I want to like. This is a thing that has. Truly nothing to do with the play. Oh, I'm so, so of course I'm it's relevant. Very to bring it up. excited You're very to ex- hear this. Yeah, I was is this going to be a jakey thing. It's absolutely a jakey thing. Also, a thing that 
could only it, it was very specific to my experience of the play. Great. Okay, so <laughs> don't even listen to this part. <laughs> Everyone, skip this bit. <laughs> um, so I was there alone, which I <laughs> I was there by myself, sitting there watching this play uh-huh. about relationships. Yep, terrific. We can already see and framing this, literally framing this. So it's like I'm sitting there, I think four rows back, and then me looking at the stage. Between me and the stage, there is this couple sitting two rows in front of me. Okay. Okay. And so it's just like this handsome guy in like a cherry blossom jacket with his girlfriend next to him. And it's just like, it's just, that's informing my full experience of watching this show. Partly because the man's like laughing so much, which is so sweet. Like he's just enjoying the jokes a lot. (laughs) But then he also was like leaning on her shoulder throughout part of it. And they were like holding hands a bit. And it's just like, it was really nice. How did this, how did this affect your viewing of the show? In the way that like, it was a play about a couple. Yep. Going through coupledom. Yep. While I was also witnessing a couple watching this play about coupleness. Sure. And it was just this nice little kind of like dual lens thing that I got to go through. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Especially with me sitting there as a single person watching it almost imaginarily through their eyes, especially with him, like the guy in the couple, especially really enjoying the play. I was like, oh, it's Isn't so... Isn't it sad that we get so excited when we see straight men, or at least men in heteronormative relationships, being, like, outwardly affectionate and sweet? <laughs> like, sure. Is that not a concerning thing? <laughs> um, not a think, new do you, thing. Do you but... think it's a concerning thing? Oh, maybe not concerning. I think it's just kind of, like, sad that's where the bar is. What bar? The bar is like, oh, that man's being affectionate and cutesy. It's like, that's exciting and different. I think, oh, wait, and you find that exciting and different because you don't expect men to be that way? I think as a as a culture, we don't expect men in relationships with women to be like that. No, right. I, okay. I think we're sort of built to sort of assume they're going to be the slovenly men in a t-shirt, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. But then to see, because the fact that you're bringing it up about how nice it was to see him be cosy and sweet, I think is kind of interesting because it's like, yeah. Oh sure. Well, like, I wasn't. Yeah. Even, I wasn't even necessarily like. It's interesting that you say that because that's not a thing that occurred to me. In terms oh, I think of, it's like, interesting that you say that. I think it's interesting that I. That you say that I. <laughs> that I say. Yeah, that that's not necessarily a thing that. No, I understand the point you're making. Yeah. Um, in this context, yeah, it was more about. For me, it was about just yeah, seeing them watching the show, and then me being again me being a single person sitting there, experiencing a show about a couple as well. It was just fun to have kind of like, I don't know, a, a, a real couple to be watching the show with or something. Sure. I don't know. It was, for some reason, that interested me. No, no, it, 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 sound, it, it sounds like it did interest you. Yeah, that's Yeah, lovely. I don't know. Anyway, that's that's a thing. It's <laughs> nice that your viewing was enhanced in <laughs> sure. a way that was outside of the show's control. <laughs> um, Whatever, yes. Uh, I want to say that there was this like, beautiful stage moment that happened... Uh, and this is a credit to the design and to Freya and to the director, um, uh, that there was this moment where something really sad happened and Freya was, like, wrapped in this, like, marshmallow of Duna and she was, like, sitting there (laughs) eating a little bread and, like, looking at her little phone and I just thought it was, like, it was just, it it was a really strong stage image that was, like, a really nice illustration of, like, lonesome, heartbroken misery Mm. that was just kind of... Yeah, it was one of those, like, striking moments that yeah. kind of, like, spoke like to... a lovely image. Yeah, yeah, g yeah. dare I say. What's g Gratuitous picture of yourself. Oh. It's a Tumblr phrase that basically means, oh my god, that's so me. Is that so you? Being wrapped up, wrapped up in a doona, eating toast sadly and staring at my phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's you? Yeah, that's me. That's a real g That's abs- G-Poy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag teapot. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so yeah, so that's that's what the play was essentially about. That's how it functioned. It was like sweet and funny and kind of like I quite consciously banal in the way that it took place. Um, and for that reason, I think, and it was like, it was, <laughs> I tried to not let my mind get sad while I was watching it, but it absolutely did. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And, why, did and it, it was, why did it get sad? It got sad. Well, it was... A sad show? There's, uh, oh, look, there was sad stuff in the show. Absolutely. It was also like a comedy. Sure. <laughs> um, Good. but it was like, I think it was like, as is, there's always like a skerrick of sadness. As much as I love going to the theater by myself, there's always that skerrick of sadness. That's like, oh, I'm by myself doing a thing that I really love doing. You know? Sure. Like okay, that's like an okay. unavoidable yeah. grain of the experience. Yeah. You know, so that's always going to be a thing that I carry into a show when I'm going to it by myself, I guess. And then a show about falling in love is certainly going to exacerbate that and make it more of a thing that's in my head. Yeah, totally. So that's an unavoidable thing. But then it was also the thing too of like watching people, like watching these two people in the beginning, like the very beginnings of like falling for a person mm. and like the, the first days of getting to know someone and... And, you know, and happening upon your style of tenderness and intimacy, like, of course, that's also wonderful to see, but also, you know, for the same reasons, upsetting too. Yeah. But it was like, even outside of... So let's just disregard, because I can talk about that type of melancholy for days. <laughs> but, like, I guess it got... Part of even, like, the early on conversations and the things that these characters talked about with each other made me kind of, like... I don't know. And it was, I don't know. It was, it was interesting the way that Greta's writing guided me towards thinking about this, but something about the idea of contemporary romance, especially in your like twenties and like early thirties, I guess, um, <laughs> led me to this kind of like grim question of like, what's the point? What the fuck in, do you mean? In the sense of like, I don't know, I guess I'm, ugh. And it's still, like, residual impact of the human voice, that play that I saw that ruined me. Yes. <laughs> um, of, like... I guess with this play specifically, it kind of begs the question early on of, like, do you just want to find a romantic partner so that you have someone to ingest media with? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, that's, there's been spins on that question forever, haven't there? Like, are you just So where finding... do you sit on that? Me? I, up until I met Flynn, I would have said that. Like, I... Th I, I... There's always been that sort of spin on, are you just trying to find someone for the sake of having someone? And whether it's for the sake of having someone to watch TV with, or for the sake of having someone to go and see plays with, for the sake of having someone to do X, Y, and Z with. Mm. But um, I'm a big doofy dag that's very much... I don't know. I, I, I'm, if we're, if we're going to go ahead and just talk about love... Sure, do it. <laughs> but go ahead. I, um, yeah, I'm super duper in love with my partner and... Sorry, what's your partner's name? I've already said his name and you didn't do this. So it's embarrassing for you, actually, that you didn't pick up on your bit earlier. The oh. fact that you're with someone named Glob. His name is Flynn. Oh, Flynn, not Glob. <laughs> God, I wish it was Glob. My boyfriend is Glob. Have you met Glob? Is it short for Globet? <laughs> Globothy. No, 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 no. Yes. Um, yeah, no, but, but, but no, I, I have... I, I, Oh, I don't know. Now I'm Yes, you love Glob. I love Glob. That's all I have to say about yeah, that. But yeah, but if it's not just a matter of like having a person to like watch movies with, then it's like what therefore is the point? I mean, I feel a very deep sense of fulfillment being with Flynn. Like right. like that is the fulfillment in itself for me. Yeah. Like I could just be with Flynn and not do anything else and that would be all my needs met. 
Right, I because think. of the things that Glob makes you feel. Yes. <laughs> Glob makes me feel all of those things in themselves. Like, yeah. you know? And mm. being able to watch TV with Glob, being able to do anything else with Glob is just sort of, like, cherry on top of that for yeah. me. Yeah, so, I don't know, I think... I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. No, no, I, I don't think you yeah. need to be able to... Yeah, I don't think you... Yeah, because that's absolutely valid. That's the thing. But yeah, I, I guess it's just like, this play hitting against the thoughts of, like, the things that, like, the human voice made me think about and things I was thinking about in the first place and, mm. like, in the, the things that I've been trying to, like, interrogate lately about love as well. It's like... I, and maybe this isn't even to do with anything. But just, like, the way that we pedestal love is so interesting. Yeah. And... It's very romantic that we do it. Um, and I don't have a lot more to say about that. No, no, no. That. But are you saying it's a bad thing that we pedestal love like Not that? at all. Because yeah. the extent to which love matters to me is disabling. <laughs> so if it's if we should be giving less of a fuck about it, it'll just make it harder for me to live. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's just interesting to me. Yeah. And, the, you know, there's like that, that cynical voice that's like, it, it's just because... You know, capitalism wants us sure. having sex, yeah, yeah. and um, and I don't, I don't know. And the, is love just a disguised way of sex being marketable or something? You know, there's... is it a way for the government to divide us into family units? <laughs> to blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's sure, always yes. ways. Of and like, at it. and is our idea of love so terribly shaped by you know commerce <laughs> that <laughs> the essence of what it truly is is kind of? Hmm. And maybe that too. Maybe that's I guess is part of where Greta's play led me was like have we just been taught that dating is a way to pass the time have we been thought that we're supposed have we been taught that we're meant to just be dating constantly yeah. has the gamification of dating via things like hinge and tinder done a lot of damage to us as I, people I would, as romantic characters yeah i think I, I think dating apps have affected the way we think of love a lot sure uh, i don't know if it's ne- necessarily for the worst or for the better mm. i think it's just made it more accessible and then it's down to people to sort it's of made do what with more that. accessible love it's made love more accessible i think so yeah i think i think i think the the fact that you can just sort of meet as i think it literally i think dating apps just provide so many more people who are looking for the same sort of thing. Sure. That it provides more opportunity for you to find that thing. But because it has so much more opportunity, you just come across so much more shit as well. <laughs> sure. Which I think is what makes dating apps a bit of a hit and miss. Sure. So, so in like a statistical sense, you're likely to encounter more people that are ready to talk to you and pursue something. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Presumably romantic. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, think, I think there's a very, there's a tendency to sort of vilify dating apps. Sure. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Sure. I guess, yeah. I, yeah, it's obviously complicated. Yeah, I guess it's just... Love, love is love is love. That's Harvey Milk. That's a fair stance. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's, I Yeah, I guess... I don't know. I guess the way that my heart functions, it just... Dating apps just don't feel like the correct inroad into a... But that's also not true because... One of my most significant relationships came from Tinder, so... Yeah. <laughs> little tiny um, David. Little tiny David. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Of late, it just feels incorrect for me. But maybe But that's... this is one of my favourite things about you. I feel like you always have some new sort of element to the way that you think about and talk about love. And it's, I, I love... I really enjoy listening to the way that that happens. I just... I think you're almost... You're almost like a human conduit for love itself. <laughs> in a way that you just sort of... 
you experience it so strongly, and you sort of just put it out there so much. I think it's great. Oh, God. I really like it. Oh, good. I, I can see that being unbearable, so I'm glad you don't hate oh, it. Oh, no, no. I don't think it's unbearable at all. No, no, no. <laughs> something that... That's very nice, James. Thank you. Thank you that's, so much. <laughs> um, something that the play accomplished really well, that I think is the moment that I found most moving, was... The part where, and this is, if you're going to see the play, maybe skip this part because it's kind of to do with the ending. Uh-huh. But it's it, it's so good that I just like want to talk about it so people hear about the the quality of this part. <laughs> um, was the fact of so they go through this relationship together, and on their sort of like second the second vibe check that we see, uh-huh. they determine that towards the end, towards yeah. the, really close to the end. Okay they determine that they are not going to continue with their relationship because they've kind of ended up in different places. And it was just, like, upsetting, not just because of, like, the content and the really nice writing that Greta did in this moment and the terrific acting the two actors were doing, but it was even just upsetting in the way of, like, it being such a recognisable romantic experience of two people on the phone talking about their relationship being done Mm. and having to kind of like eulogize their affection to each other in a way that kind of like is kind of like enclosing the relationship they had together in like this glass cabinet that they can forever kind of like look at whenever they want to, but it's kind of done now. And now it's just a collection of artifacts mm-hmm. and having to two and as well, also having to kind of like console each other through the very beginnings of what is going to be a grieving process for them. Like, I just, I just thought, yeah, they, the, the way that it was written and delivered was just, like, yeah, wildly moving and, like, very recognisable and very contemporary and very, like, yeah. I just thought yeah. they accomplished a lot. I think, I think, and I think that image sounds so lovely because you're right, it is contemporary and it's, in, it's so, it's something that we have access to now, that sort of ability to just end a relationship like that so succinctly and... Mm instantly over the phone is something that not you know that's only been around for the past i don't know like 50 years with phones but like that sort of especially over like mobile phones that sort of instant gratification thing that we all have now is the same with ending relationships sure and maybe because of like phones and whatnot that like the style of conversation Mm. has maybe evolved into something else like i think we certainly maybe this is just a bubble that i'm in but have a greater vocabulary and capacity to talk about romantic needs and roles and whatnot. I don't even know what I'm saying. Just like, the st- to have that style of conversation. But maybe it's just because I don't have a lot of, like, not a lot of romantic experience with, like, relationships and stuff. Right. So maybe that's why it feels more novel to me. Maybe to a person that dates more frequently and more casually, they're used to right. having conversations like that, where it's like, oh, we want different things. Goodbye. Nice to meet you. I, <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I think people can have a lot of those conversations and still not be used to them. I think it just depends on the person. Sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, they accomplished the tragedy of it. It sounds brutal in how simple it was. Sure. You know what I mean? I'd agree with that. Like, it sounds like that that in itself is the real sad part of it for me. Yeah, that, I think it was to me as well. Because honestly, up until then, it had been like, oh, this is charming, this is sweet, I like watching these people do this thing. But I did have, like, the dramaturgical question. Like, as much as I was enjoying the play, I had the dramaturgical question of, like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, where, like, what's happen like what next like where are we is this going to be about his new job is this going to be about her like finding a hobby it's like why i don't understand 
But then it was kind of like, and that was kind of like the moment where it sort of like all like crystallized and made sense where it's like, oh, this is like a story of like the journeys that you go on where you kind of like fall into something. And then, oh God, it made me have this like awful sentence. Like this sentence just like popped up into my head while I was watching these two people kind of break each other's hearts. Mm. And it was like, it just made me so sad. <laughs> um, just this thought of like, as happy as someone makes you, like that's as sad as they are promised to eventually make you as well. Oh God, that's a horrible you way know? to think about things. Yeah. And it was like, and that's, yeah. And that's what Greta's play made me think about of just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's tragic. Like the, 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 you know, like the, 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 the joy, the amount will, of joy they can bring you is the amount the joy of joy will match the devastation. It's like a pendulum swing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, Jake. That's it made me so sad, so James. Sad. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Oh. <laughs> okay. But yeah, a lot of, it was, yeah, a bunch it's, of Well, great, it sounds like it definitely had an effect on it. It had an effect on me. It was a bunch of great artists working together to make a piece of art that I'm glad I saw. Congratulations to everyone involved. <laughs> he is my heart. You ripped it out of my chest. <laughs> anyway. Well then, we've laughed, we've cried. <laughs> We've all gathered around the campfire and told our story. But what have we all learned by the end of it? Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show after Praise Dionysus. What's that called? Praise. S- not, uh, praise. Praise. It's just, just, just called praise. It's called praise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> go on. What's, what's about to happen <laughs> on this episode of Praise? I wasn't expected to go this far. Mm. Um... Hi, uh, welcome to Praise. Hi, yes, you've already introduced the show. <laughs> on pray here on Praise, we're gonna wrap the show up. What the? We've laughed, we've cried. This again? This again? <laughs> Jake, I didn't have much more. It was meant to be a one-off bit. You are a born improviser. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gr- thank you so much for listening. Thanks, um, guys. Yeah, it's, it's been a journey. It's it is so much later than we usually finish a podcast. Yeah, James arrived drunk, and it's nighttime, and that was enough to really <laughs> it throw is him. Midnight. <laughs> it's, I don't know what's going on. I've got to be at work in the morning, so this has been fun. <laughs> but like, I've got but stuff I've to, got do. Shit to do. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. It means a lot. Um, if you're doing something, give us tickets to it, and we'll come, and then we'll talk about it. Love to. Um, yeah, that'd be wonderful. Um, otherwise, if you have anything you wanted to talk about or whatever, or just like want to talk send about anything, send us a message. Send us a message. Um, yeah, we'd be real keen to hear your opinions about stuff. We have an email. It's praisedionysis at gmail.com. On Instagram, we are just praisedionysis. Just praise him. Yeah, praise him, baby. Bah! <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, again, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful day. Um, and I guess I would soon. just quickly also point out we probably don't agree with some of the things we've already said because that's how human opinions work. Yes, and friends don't let friends become theatre critics. Or playwrights. Or playwrights. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, I swear to God. Love you, miss you. <laughs>